Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 118. Holy Spirit, light divine, shine upon this heart of mine. Kindle every high desire. Cleanse my thought in thy pure fire. Hymn number 118. will be given by Wendy from Georgia. John, a little while, and ye shall not see me. And again a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. These words spake Jesus, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Neither pray I for these alone, 
but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Let's now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science Textbook. Our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious. Hallowed be thy name. Adorable one. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, 
over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 135. I know no life divided, O Lord, of life from Thee. In Thee is life provided for all mankind and me. I know no death, O Father, because I live in Thee. Thy life it is that frees us from death eternally. Hymn number 135. Welcome to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion, where we discuss this week's lesson and other topics that need to be taken up and learn how to practice better this tremendous science that has been founded and discovered by Mary Baker Eddy. And we had another really good one this morning. So if you missed it, or if you'd like to hear it again, 
You can find it on our website, plainfieldcs.com. And it will also be available on our YouTube channel and our Vimeo channel. We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11 a.m. And that Sunday school is available for children anywhere in the world. It has its own teleconference number. And many of our students who don't live in the area attend via telephone. So that means that if you don't live in the area and have a child of Sunday school age, your child can attend via telephone. So give us a call. We'll be happy to give you the number and would be very happy to welcome your child to our Sunday school. And at all of our services, we have a nursery for infants and toddlers. Let's see, we are going to have another Bible study session in a couple of weeks. Uh, Our next Bible study session has been scheduled now for Saturday, October 28th at 10 a.m. And the Bible study questions will soon be posted on our website. So stay tuned for the questions and mark your calendars for Saturday, October 28, 10 a.m. We have a uh, worldwide outreach through, I believe, 17 different websites in 17 different languages. And this uh, outreach provides the pure truth of Christian science for people around the world and in many cases in their own language. And everything that's available on our websites is free of charge. You can read, listen, download, free of charge. Freely we have received and freely we give. And that is why we are so grateful to those of you who contribute financially to this church, because that is one of the main, the main uses of the, of the funds that we receive. I'd like to point out uh, one of the articles that is currently featured on our English website, uh, a, a tremendous article entitled, The Power of Love by Bicknell Young. If you've never thought of love as a powerful spiritual force, which Mrs. Eddy refers to it as, you should read the article. It's amazing what divine love can do (laughs) and does do. Everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony of healing from the chapter entitled Fruitage in the Christian Science textbook that attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science textbook. And that reading will be given by Sylvia from Australia. Page 643. Grateful for Moral and Spiritual Awakening. 
About four years ago, after I had tried different ways and means to be relieved from bodily suffering, a faithful friend called my attention to the teaching of Christian Science. After some opposition, I decided to investigate it, with the thought that if this teaching would be helpful, it was meant for me as well as for others. If it did not afford any help, I could put it aside, but that I would find out and be convinced. After I had read Mrs. Eddy's work, Science and Health, a few days, I found that my ailments had disappeared, and a rest had come to me, which I had never before known. I had smoked almost incessantly, although I had often determined to use my willpower and never smoke again, but had always failed. This desire, as well as the desire for drink, simply disappeared, and I wish to say here that I received all these benefits before I gained much understanding of what I was reading. Like a prisoner who had been in chain for years, I was suddenly set free. I did not then know how the chain had been removed, but I had to acknowledge that it came through the reading of this book. I then felt an ardent desire to read more and to know what this power was that had freed me in a few days of that which I had been trying for years to shake off and had failed. It then became clear to me that this was the truth which Jesus Christ taught and preached to free humanity almost 2,000 years ago. It did not, however, occur to me to apply it in my business affairs. On the contrary, I first thought that if I continued in my study, I would have to retire from business. This did not happen, however, for I gradually found that the little understanding of this wonderful teaching which I had acquired became a great help to me in my business. I became more friendly, more honest, more loving to my fellow man, and I also acquired better judgment and was able to do the right thing at the right time. As a natural result, my business improved. Before I knew anything of Christian science, my business had often been a burden to me. Fear and worry deprived me of my rest. How different it is now. Through the study of the Bible, which now possesses unmeasurable treasures for me, and of our textbook, Science and Health, and the other works of our leader, I receive peace and confidence in God, and that insight into character which is necessary for the correct management of any business. W.H.H. Bloomfield, Nebraska The Bible and the Christian Science Textbook are our only preachers. We shall now read scriptural texts and their correlative passages from our textbook. These comprise our sermon. The canonical writings, together with the word of our textbook, corroborating and explaining the Bible texts in their denominational, spiritual import and application to all ages, past, present, and future, constitute a sermon undivorced from truth, uncontaminated or fettered by human hypotheses, and authorized by Christ. And today's lesson sermon can be found on page 6 of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, Doctrine of Atonement. The golden text is from James. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, 
and he shall lift you up. The responsive reading, 1 Thessalonians. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Fairly from Maryland will now read. The Bible. Micah. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord? and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed the old man what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Matthew. Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Reka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. 
Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your father which is in heaven, is perfect. John. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. So after he had washed their feet and taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. 
And how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Matthew, when the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Luke, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary. There they crucified him. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. Romans, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now receive the atonement. Amanda from Missouri will now read. I will read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. The vital part, the heart and soul of Christian science, is love. Atonement is the exemplification of man's unity with God, whereby man reflects divine truth life, and love. The atonement of Christ reconciles man to God, not God to man. For the divine principle of Christ is God, and how can God propitiate himself? Christ is truth, which reaches no higher than itself. The fountain can rise no higher than its source. Christ, truth, could conciliate no nature above his own, derived from the eternal love. It was therefore Christ's purpose to reconcile man to God, not God to man. Love and truth are not at war with God's image and likeness. Man cannot exceed divine love and so atone for himself. Even Christ cannot reconcile truth to error for truth and error are irreconcilable. 
Jesus aided in reconciling man to God by giving man a truer sense of love, the divine principle of Jesus' teachings. And this truer sense of love redeems man from the law of matter, sin, and death by the law of spirit, the law of divine love. Vibrating like a pendulum between sin and the hope of forgiveness, selfishness and sensuality causing constant retrogression, our moral progress will be slow. Waking to Christ's demand, mortals experience suffering. This causes them, even as drowning men, to make vigorous efforts to save themselves. And through Christ's precious love, these efforts are crowned with success. Work out your own salvation is the demand of life and love. For to this end, God worketh with you. Occupy till I come. Wait for your reward, and be not weary in well-doing. If your endeavors are beset by fearful odds, and you receive no present reward, go not back to error, nor become a sluggard in the race. When the smoke of battle clears away, you will discern the good you have done and receive according to your deserving. Love is not hasty to deliver us from temptation, for love means that we shall be tried and purified. Final deliverance from error, whereby we rejoice in immortality, boundless freedom, and sinless sense, is not breached through paths of flowers, nor by pinning one's faith without works to another's vicarious effort. Whosoever believeth that wrath is righteous, or that divinity is appeased by human suffering, does not understand God. Does erudite theology regard the crucifixion of Jesus chiefly as providing a ready pardon for all sinners who ask for it and are willing to be forgiven. Does spiritualism find Jesus' death necessary only for the presentation, after death, of the material Jesus as a proof that spirits can return to earth? Then we must differ from them both. The efficacy of the crucifixion lay in the practical affection and goodness it demonstrated for mankind. The truth had been lived among men, but until they saw that it enabled their master to triumph over the grave, his own disciples could not admit such an event to be possible. Through demonstrating his control over sin and disease, the great teacher by no means relieved others from giving the requisite proofs of their own piety. He worked for their guidance, that they might demonstrate this power as he did, and understand its divine principle. Implicit faith in the teacher and all the emotional love we can bestow on him will never alone make us imitators of him. We must go and do likewise else we are not improving the great blessings which our Master worked and suffered to bestow upon us. 
the divinity of the Christ was made manifest in the humanity of Jesus. Every pang of repentance and suffering, every effort for reform, every good thought and deed will help us to understand Jesus' atonement for sin and aid its efficacy. But if the sinner continues to pray and repent, sin and be sorry, he has little part in the atonement, in the at-one-ment with God, for he lacks the practical repentance which reforms the heart and enables man to do the will of wisdom. Those who cannot demonstrate, at least in part, the divine principle of the teachings and practice of our Master have no part in God. If living in disobedience to Him, we ought to feel no security, although God is good. If we have triumphed sufficiently over the errors of material sense to allow soul to hold the control, we shall loathe sin and rebuke it under every mask. Only in this way can we bless our enemies, though they may not so construe our words. We cannot choose for ourselves, but must work out our salvation in the way Jesus taught. In meekness and might, he was found preaching the gospel to the poor. To love one's neighbor as oneself is a divine idea. But this idea can never be seen, felt, nor understood through the physical senses. The rich in spirit help the poor in one grand brotherhood, all having the same principle or father. And blessed is that man who seeth his brother's need and supplieth it, seeking his own in another's good. If truth is overcoming error in your daily walk and conversation, you can finally say, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Because you are a better man. This is having our part in the at-one-ment with truth and love. Christians do not continue to labor and pray, expecting because of another's goodness, suffering, and triumph that they shall reach his harmony and reward. Wisdom and love may require many sacrifices of self to save us from sin. One sacrifice, however great, is insufficient to pay the debt of sin. The atonement requires constant self-immolation on the sinner's part, that God's wrath should be vented upon his beloved Son is divinely unnatural. Such a theory is man-made. The atonement is a hard problem in theology, but its scientific explanation is that suffering is an error of sinful sense, which truth destroys, and that eventually both sin and suffering will fall at the feet of everlasting love. We will now have a moment of silent prayer for our world.
Let's now sing hymn number 154. In thee, O Spirit, true and tender, I find my life as God's own child. Within thy light of glorious splendor, I lose the earth clouds drear and wild. Hymn number 154.
sink in for a minute here. Let's now sing hymn number 263. Only God can bring us gladness. Only God can give us peace. 
Joys are vain that end in sadness. Joy divine shall never cease. Mid the shade of want and sorrow, undisturbed, our hearts rejoice. Patient, wait the brighter morrow. Faithful, heed the Father's voice. Hymn number 263.
from the Christian Science textbook, the Scientific Statement of Being, and the correlative passages from 1 John, third chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, for God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal era. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Amen. <laughs>